0: This, this is Brock and Salk. Brock Huard is my hero. Jay Peter just punched me in the kidney. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. On Seattle Sports. What we're going to do you a It not really work that way, Sherm. This is a show that has my name is, on it. Uh, it does, Brought to you by Carter, Volkswagen, and Ballard. Now here are your hosts, Brock Eward and Mike Salk. Hello. Hello! Well, from a show that has my name on it to now a uh, uniform that has my name on it right in the back. It says Salk. This is my brand new Seahawks throwback. And Brock and I just spent a long time talking about uniforms. So let's see if we can get away from that for a few minutes. But if you want uh, to get your hands on one of these bad boys, again, Seahawks.com or uh, the Renton Pro Shop. uh, Renton Landing Pro Shop has them and a whole 90s theme there, which is pretty darn cool. Um, I will talk some Mariners coming up in 30 minutes. I ranted earlier and uh, I think I want to come back to part of that rant because it just the more I think about it, the more sort of clear it is kind of hits me right in the head like a big pow. So we'll come back to that at nine thirty right now, though, Maura, let's go around the NFL.
1: Let's do it. Have you been watching any of the uh, Netflix quarterback series?
0: No. OK, you know what? I, I know I should watch. I probably will. I'll try it. I promise. I just don't like documentaries. Yeah. I just don't like the style. You know, I get bored. That. I turn them off. So I'll try. But tell me what we've learned.
1: Um, so they've been following around Patrick Mahomes, uh, Kirk Cousins, and Marcus Mariota. Okay. Um, and it's been—it's just been interesting to see. I mean, a lot of it is seeing how, like, just what their bodies go through, and the the amount of time they spend throughout the week going to different, like. Chiropractors and strength and conditioning coaches, and you know, ice baths and just just so much.
0: All the all the like physical maintenance that goes into the gig,
1: and they all try different techniques. Like Kirk Cousins has a someone that um, it works even just with his brain function. Like they had stuff strapped to his head, and he was watching he was watching a video, and it was like the video would fade out if he wasn't focused enough. There, I mean, there's it's it's impressive. There's a lot of stuff that they do, Um, but. Anyways, there was, a, there was a little kind of what seemed like an innocuous clip yesterday, but if you really pay attention, it's like, oh, wow, I can't believe you did that. Uh, in the finale episode where Patrick Mahomes is, it's um, like opening night for the Super Bowl. So mm-hmm. they have both teams come out. The media can talk to them. They're sitting on, he's sitting on stage, Patrick Mahomes with Jalen Hurts, and he just kind of casually tells him that he booked an Airbnb for his family there three months ago.
0: You got the fam coming out? But I got a crib like six minutes from our hotel so my fans will stay there. No, just like uh, Airbnb did. I did that three months ago. I'm like, bro, that's <laughs> blessed up on the price. It's good, man. Yeah, you had a hell of a year. Bro. For
1: real, dog. Like, I mean, I guess if you're Patrick Mahomes, that's not that's not that crazy. But that's some confidence that you're going to be in the Super Bowl.
0: <laughs> so you focus on that. I'm more interested in this. Patrick Mahomes is worth what? Hundreds oh, of millions yeah. of dollars.
1: Yeah, like he cares about a price increase. No, we well, heard Quandre earlier being like, "I get, I like going with Julian Love because I get free golf." Like, well, right. I think, I think it, dude,
0: NFL players. If it's free, it's for me. That I think is if like you a model. Have
1: that fiscal responsibility Absolutely. ingrained in you, even if you have a lot of money at the. But time. that's not
0: even what I was going to say. Like, I'm just imagining Patrick Mahomes himself going on Airbnb and just like clicking through houses and doing oh. all the stuff that we do <laughs> and being like, "Oh no, this one, yeah, bad reviews." Right. Like, oh, wow, well, it's only a four. <laughs> Four point four. That one's probably not gonna work. Four better? Okay, hold on. Well, if you on. watch
1: this series, you can definitely imagine Kirk Cousins doing that. He's sure. every man. But
0: I think I could kind of imagine that a little bit more. <laughs> like Patrick's gotta have like a special like yeah. studio room for his brother and his wife to do their TikTok crap or whatever. <laughs> like I don't know, like he's got very specific needs, I would think, in a uh in an Airbnb. It's true. Do you think he's point. like, I wonder what his username is? Like, I all of that seems sort of interesting <laughs> to me.
1: I wonder if there's like a more high end, uh, like
0: a high end Airbnb? Of, uh,
1: Airbnb, Yeah, maybe yeah like, do you think he has it. to there's deal
0: like with the MVP. price filters where he's like, <laughs> oh, I'm not going over $350 a night or whatever? Like, okay, that's cool.
1: <laughs> so, I just thought that was a fun A lot of confidence. Work. Uh, and then, uh, we'll move into our guy, Aaron Rodgers. We love talking. About.
0: I saw he's Aaron wearing, wearing his new Jets uniform.
1: Yeah, did it look weird?
0: A little bit, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, well, he's already made it clear that he is annoyed about the Jets being chosen for Hard Knocks. Listen, one of the only things I like about Hard Knocks <laughs> is the voice of God <laughs> who narrates it. Liv. I hope I get to meet him. But look, you know, I understand the, the appeal with us. Obviously, there's a lot of eyes on me, a lot of eyes on our team,
0: a lot of expectations for our squad. So uh, they force it down our throats, and we gotta deal with it.
1: They forced it down our throats and we got to deal with it. And then we got this from Adam Schefter
0: yesterday. They're not going to be given the same access. The Jets don't believe it's humane to show players being released. So it would surprise me if we see them this summer. This is a partnership. This is a relationship. And the Jets are not interested in being partners with NFL films, no matter what they say. So they're going to go in there because it is, as Aaron Rodgers says, being forced down their throats. But the Jets are not going to provide the level of cooperation that the Lions provided last year or that other teams have provided in other years. Hmm.
1: So because they're bitter about being put on it, apparently they're going to not give HBO the same access.
0: That doesn't surprise me. I mean, like, I mean, I'm sure that that whole idea of humanity is made up in order for them to try to look good. That's PR spin. If I've ever heard it, they've been on
1: hard knocks before. Right. And I said yesterday, like the idea that you think that's inhumane, but you've put players and fans through what you've put them through for (laughs) however many years now, like, come on, you're not a good organization.
0: What could be, what could be less humane than root making you root for the jets? Um, Yeah, look, I've sort of bailed on hard knocks over the last couple of years. It just doesn't do it for me the way it used to. I feel like it started to feel repetitive and now I can kind of just get what I need from people telling me about it. That seems to be enough for me. I I am curious to see how Aaron Rodgers handles the platform, right? He's going to have another platform to make a fool of himself. How will (laughs) he choose to do that? Right? I mean, like that to me, it's like watching a execution. Yeah, it's like watching a NASCAR race for the Rex. Like I'm waiting (laughs) to see how Aaron Rodgers makes a fool of himself. And I'm sort of hoping Blue of Earth is in it.
1: Oh, you're hoping for a reconciliation
0: or something, yeah? Like, or you know, he has to go to Nicaragua or wherever she is to Peru to like help bail her out from the rebels or whatever's going on. Like, yeah, I'd be excited. I'd be kind of looking forward to that. (laughs) He's right on that one, by the way. Lee Schreiber, voice of God, absolutely. Oh yeah,
1: he's good at that. Yeah. Um, All right, well, we'll get into some more actual football talk here with uh, Bucky Brooks on with us yesterday. um, And he played the defensive back position in the NFL. Um, I really liked how optimistic he was about Devin Witherspoon being a contributor right away. I mean, realistic expectations. He's going to be a high-end star for the
0: Seattle City Yards from day one. When you watch them play at Illinois, great IQ, like high football IQ, understands the game, very instinctive. The game is very natural and easy for him. Uh, when you think about his skill set, he's a guy who has a lot of different tools in the toolbox. He can play man, he can play zone, he can press, he can play off, he can bail. He can do a lot of different things. And so, for Pete Carroll, what that does, that now gives him two corners that can do a lot of different things. And so, whether they want to be man-heavy one week, whether they want to play more zone the next week, they now have the capacity to do it because they have two corners. We have that, And that doesn't even include what Kobe Bryant also can do on the fly.
1: Sorry, I kind of cut out there at the beginning, but he said he thinks he's a high end starter from day one.
0: Well, he better be right. If you're going to take a corner with the fifth pick. Yeah, he better be a high end starter from day one. I mean, like to me, that's an expectation that everybody should have for Devin Witherspoon. It's certainly what my expectation is. I expect him to be good right off the bat, which is not always true with rookies at other positions. But he's playing corner. He was drafted in top five. Yeah, like, there's not going to be a lot of patience. That doesn't mean you're going to write him off and cut him if he gets burned in the first few games. But I think it is absolutely fair to have that expectation. Now, will it turn out that way? I don't know. But I think it is fair to have that uh, kind of an expectation for Devin Witherspoon. All right, there's a little trip around the NFL. That's kind of fun. I like knowing what's going on in the NFL. It's important. Yeah some of these important things. I mean, you know, it'll be more important in like a week when, when things actually start. Uh, according to John Boyle, by the way, Jackson Smith and Jigba did not know what a Walkman was before he did that oh, video. I'm,
1: I was wondering how many things in that room he actually understood because there was a lot of... A
0: didn't lot know of what them. a Walkman was? Like, how would you not know? Like, I understand not using one, but like, didn't know that it existed? I don't know. It feels like that's something you should... Like, I mean, I've never well, used I a was... gramophone, but I know what they are. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I understand their place in history. I know what a gramophone is. I've never, like, wound one up or anything to listen to a record, but I, I know what they are. I don't know. I've never used the Pony Express, but I know what that is. I don't know. Seems like that's something. Maybe you should know what it is. I'm surprised. By the
1: by way, you, you have me look it up. There is a luxury villa and vacation rentals tab for Airbnb. There is. So probably what Patrick Mahomes was booking for his family.
0: I I don't know. I don't know how Patrick Mahomes treats his family. I don't know. Uh, Maybe he's just into saving money. That's why he books way ahead of time. He's sitting there and he's like, yep. 325 a night. He's like trying to get offline. He's like emailing the person like, hey, can you just send this to my Gmail account so that we can save the Airbnb fees? I don't know. Maybe he's just like everybody else. (laughs) All right. Coming up, we'll give you everything you need to know. We got ranked at 945. There's a lot left to do. It's Brock and Salk on Seattle Sports on 710. SeattleSports.com Need to know. 15 minutes past every hour with Brock and Salk. Here's what you need to know. First. Well, the Mariners lost last night, and they managed to do it in incredibly aggravating fashion. Only the Mariners could score three runs in an inning and still piss everybody off around them, but they did because they managed to also get two guys thrown out at the plate on back-to-back plays. I do swing, cork down the left field line, into the corner, fair ball, base hit off the base of the wall, Keldick's coming around to score, Teoscar hits third base, he wheels home, Correa's throw to the plate, tag applied, Teoscar is out at home. France is into second base. The Mariners have taken the lead, it's a three-run first inning, it's 3-2 Mariners. Why am I reliving this? I don't know, I was aggravated last night, and it's still aggravating to listen to this morning. Brian Wu clearly didn't have it last night, that obviously didn't help either. But when you've got a guy in a spot like they did earlier with O'Ber, you've got to find a way to take advantage. And Scott Service disappointed that they did not do that at all.
1: We did. We had really good at bats. I mean, you, you look at it from, you know, JP to Gino hit a home run and Cal Lake lines one, you know, uh, up the middle there. I mean, a lot of things are going our way. We're on all of his pitches. Um, and we had him in a very vulnerable spot. And, uh, you know, making outs on the base is, is huge. It just gets him off the hook. And we allowed him to get off. We gave him an opportunity to, to get off the hook. And then he got some rhythm going and got his normal you know, change up and breaking ball going after that. And it was a struggle for us.
0: It certainly was. And it just, this team's give up factor is way too high. And you got to see it again last night. They just seemed like they gave up. Right? Oh. Well, we've gotten two guys thrown out at the plate and our starters probably not, you know, at his best tonight. Let's throw a ball in a center field. Let's not catch a ball at the wall. Let's I mean, it just it seems like it just spirals on them and their ability to come back. I and mean, it was only a four run game at that point, And yet it felt completely over, I think, not just to us, but to them in the dugout as well. You can't win that way. And it's even harder when you've put so much pressure on yourself now to do well in this homestand. Well, guess what? You're two and three. You could probably. Probably only afford to lose three out of ten on this trip or on this homestand, and so now you put yourself in a spot. I can do some quick math where you probably are going to have to go five and 5, five and zero just to make this homestand marginally successful. Not a good spot to be in. Luis Castillo will be the first to try to get that done. He takes the mound tonight against Kenta <laughs> Here's the second thing you need to know. Well, when you draft high school kids, it can be sometimes a little bit harder to sign them, but... Credit to the Mariners, they've gotten it done. Even though their first three picks this year were all high school kids, they were able to get all of them signed. In fact, Johnny Formello is going to sign today as uh, the final uh, big name to get done. So that's great news for them. We talked to Scott Hunter earlier this morning. He's pretty excited about the kids they have, Cole Emerson, of course, and Ty Pete, etc., Um, One name, though, that he mentioned that I'm a little curious about as well is Aiden Smith. He's an outfielder out of Texas who can really hit, did not play in a lot of the sort of RBI circuit or uh, whatever it's called, perfect game circuit or any of that. But uh, they gave him more money than their second or third pick. So when you're thinking about this group moving forward, pay attention to Aiden Smith and maybe put him in there with those guys at the top. Here's the third thing you need to know. They dropped. Finally, they are here. The, what did Bobby Wagner call them? Very fire throwback uniforms are officially out. I'm wearing mine right now. If you're watching at seattlesports.com. Bobby loves these.
1: They're fire. They're very fire. They could be great if they were black, but we
0: won't go there. Yeah, well, they're not black. They're blue with gigantic white numbers. And you know what? I kind of like them. They look pretty good. You can get them at uh, Seahawks.com or at the Rent Landing Pro Shop where they're doing a whole 90s throwback vibe. All right, there you go. That is... Everything you need to know, and we do that quarter past every hour here on the Brock and Salk show. Yeah, it's worth watching the Jackson Smith and Jigba video the Seahawks posted and, and see all of that. That's pretty cool. It has been um you yeah, know, I know it's sort of July, so maybe that's why ancillary issues maybe come to come to be like the forefront a little bit more. But what I mean, just while I was gone, Rick Riz? And then Blowers came back, and then was gone again last night. Like, what? What's going on?
1: I don't know. And then and passing, passing, yeah,
0: got hit by a tree.
1: I texted him and told to tell him that you guys were off the other day and see what he wanted to do. And he's like, so he put up really long so. I broke my back. I was like, what? <laughs>
0: I'm yeah, get hit by a tree. He oh, was, it, it comes out of nowhere, man. Those trees are wily and they can be incredibly <laughs> speedy. He so, get hit up with back a back branch or something Yeah, like, you got to be really careful, man. Trees will jump out at you like apparently they did to him. No. Well, it's a rest limb. Assured,
1: I'm making it into a bat.
0: Oh, that's kind of a good idea. I wonder what kind of a tree it was. Yeah, so a limb fell on him. He was doing some cleanup. He was trying to do some good in the world. He was helping clean up some stuff in Kansas City.
1: After a big storm.
0: Yeah, and uh, this tree, you know... I mean, the limb fell off the tree. I don't mean to make light of it because was in some real legitimate pain, etc. I texted with Jeff. He was making light of it. So I feel a little bit better, uh, you know, making fun of him. But yeah, he said it was pretty rough. I mean, thankfully, most of his job just involves texting and talking to people. So it's not like he's, you know, he doesn't have to go to that many places. But it sounds bad. And then I, I was hoping he was at least getting some sympathy from his family. And he's like, oh, yeah, my wife was the one who suggested I go out and help. So oh, she felt no. guilty for uh, sending him into harm's way. Oh. So, yeah, Jeff's injured. And then poor Riz is uh, doing some ATV free, yeah. you know, four wheeling. And uh, I don't know. He get bounced out. Is that what happened? Yeah. Sheesh. Um,
1: Broke quite a few bones. uh, Said the doctor told him he's pretty lucky. He has a concussion, I think. I heard him on with G and Ursula. Yeah. And, um, you know, he still sounds like he's in pain a little bit. And I was like, maybe they should have waited to talk to him. And then I heard, oh, no, he was doing his regular hit. They didn't know. Like they he, didn't even he's know he's such a trooper. He just went on for his normal hit and didn't even like tell oh them gosh. that he was in all this pain. That's
0: like Clayton level.
1: A dedication, man. It's a
0: Clayton level. Oh, I'm I not would. allowed to take vacation type he's of so thing. So glad he's
1: doing well, but I cannot believe he still did his hit. Wow.
0: I don't I don't think I realized that. Yeah, here's uh here's a little of Rick from uh from uh Well he went with Ursula. Wyman and Bob yesterday. Oh, is that so. what this is from? Okay. We took X rays and an M R I. And I had a uh, fracture of a vertebrae in my neck, and a couple vertebrae were fractured in uh, my back. And uh, I had a fractured rib. My head was banged up pretty good, but other than that, guys, I feel great. Yeah, he doesn't sound great. I mean, you can—he <laughs> sounds like a guy who's who's broken some bones yeah. in key spots. So,
1: but he's just—I mean—the dedication <laughs> to be like, yeah, I'll do radio interviews a couple days after.
0: Of course, I will. Yeah, <laughs> just jump right on there.
1: And he's still, you can tell it's bad, and he's still like, but I'm okay. I just, he's one of the nicest people I've ever met.
0: Rick is uh, uh, certainly on that list. So, uh, well, whatever. We wish uh, the best to Rick. We wish the best to Mike Blowers. Wish the best to Jeff Passan all of these guys uh, who have, uh, you know, unfortunately had to miss some time here in the middle of the baseball season. Wishing them all the very, very best. All right. Uh, Don't forget, Seattle Sports has your chance to win four tickets to the Seahawks Football Fest uh, plus gift cards for the Seahawks Pro Shop. Hold on. I got the rest of this over here. uh, be there August 4th for the mock game, live music, food trucks, and an autographed football toss after practice. You can find info about our sweepstakes and football fest at seattlesports.com slash win football fest. How about that? All right. Coming up next, uh, unfortunately, yesterday felt like a white flag kind of game. When I was watching it, I meant they were waving the white flag on the game. What does it mean for the season? Unfortunately, nothing great. That's next. Brock and Salk, Sales Sports on 710. You're listening to Brock and Salk,
1: powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio.
0: On Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. You know what stinks? Desperation. There's nothing good about desperation. You never want to be in a situation when you're where you're desperate, whether you're desperate to impress the people around you or desperate to get something done. If you find yourselves in a situation where you feel desperate, nothing's likely going to come out of it that's very good. People tend to be turned off by desperate.
1: I picture that scene in Swingers.
0: Yes. Say that. Absolutely. That's a great example of it, <laughs> right? I mean, just the, keeps calling. I mean, calling. you can't watch that. That is of all the scenes and movies that need to be fast forwarded or skipped over or whatever, that's a number one. can't watch it. I can't do it. It is so painful to watch his desperation as he calls her over and over and over again. I, I can't watch it. Desperation's a bad spot to be. And unfortunately, the Mariners have put themselves into that position. They started this homestand here, 10 games out of the All-Star break, essentially needing to go seven and three. We wanted them to go eight and two. That was kind of the goal. Like, Hey, come out of the gates, go eight and two, seize the, the momentum, get everything moving in the right direction after your seven of nine. And you could make a real run at this thing. And instead they've come out and laid a gigantic egg. They have lost two uh, three of their first five games out of the break, which is not acceptable. That's not I mean, they've now put themselves in a spot where, yeah, you can still dig yourself out of it by winning five in a row. But that's a really, really fine line to need to walk. And unfortunately, while they've done that, Texas has been winning. They've won five straight. Right. A team that was struggling and has a really difficult schedule. And instead, they're going out there and just bashing everybody's brains in. Well, (laughs) time's running out, boys. It's uh, July 19th. The season's not over yet, and I'm not going to look at one game last night and say, oh, the Mariners lost, so this season's over, because I just I don't do that. That's not the way baseball is played over 162 games. But I am going to look at it and say last night was yet another example of this team having such a strong give-up factor that you I don't
1: find those two games to start the weekend. Well, that's
0: right. It's not, it doesn't sit by itself. It sits with the pathetic uh, Saturday game where you managed absolutely zero in terms of offense and the incredibly frustrating Friday night game where you gave away a win against the Detroit team that you should be beating pretty handily. Well, you put all those things together and the three games that you've lost coming out of the break are ugly. they are all ugly losses for three different reasons. And again, the thing that just keeps jumping out at me is how quickly this team gives up. They don't have a lot of confidence. At least they don't play with it. And it is something that has not been a problem for them for the last few years. When they got down, they were confident that they would jump back up. If the other team threw a haymaker, you knew that they would take it on the chin and throw one right back. This team takes a jab and goes down for the count. It's remarkable. It's like playing Glass Joe at the beginning of Tyson's punch out. One punch and he's wobbling back and forth. I, it, 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 it is unrecognizable to what we've seen the last couple of years from the Mariners. They have had absolutely no fight, no punch, no ability to take a punch and no ability to counter punch. I, I don't know why that's happened this year. I don't know whether it is coincidence or if there are specific players attached to it or if it just kind of spiraled and got away from them and all of a the sudden they kind of threw their hands up and were like oops we waited too long and now we're toast and we don't feel good about it. I don't know what it is. But I think that's the thing that has really bothered me and disturbed me most watching them and you want you know you just go through this week, right? I, I just look at last night they get they get two guys thrown out at the plate in one inning. Shocking by the way. Absolutely shocking that that can happen. Frustrating. I know every Mariner fan watching was ready to kick something in disgust. Certainly in my house. I mean, I'm watching with my parents. My dad's not even a Mariner fan. My dad was doing his thing that he does by the way more. You know how I always mention how he's like discovers that people are still alive after leaving Boston. Exist still. We're watching Minnesota play last night against the Mariners. You got Christian, is that like our Christian Vasquez? <laughs> That's where he is. Like, yeah, dad, he didn't like perish when he left Boston. There are 29 other teams out there that he could have gone to. And so, yes, I got that experience last night, which was great. Um, you know, you're know, you watching that game and you get two guys thrown out of the plate in one inning. Both frustrating for different reasons at different levels. And you want to be mad, right? You want to be furious at Teoscar Hernandez. Dude ran through a stop sign with one out and, and got thrown out at home in the first inning. What? Say all those words out loud. It doesn't even make sense. You did what? And then you kind of remember like, well, this team doesn't score any runs. They certainly don't drive in runners from third base. So do I understand why he was overly aggressive? Yes. It's not an excuse. In fact, it's the opposite. That's dealing with the bed that you've made and are now forced to lie in. You've been so freaking awful at driving in runners from third base with less than two outs this year that the right fielder is like, screw it. I'm running right through the stop sign and trying to score because I know the next guy's not going to do it. I don't blame them necessarily for having that thought. But when we talk about selfish baseball, when you talk about not trusting the guys around you, guess what it looks like? That. That's exactly what selfish baseball looks like. That's what it means to not trust the other guys in your lineup.
1: Because and it's not an easy fix, right?
0: There is no easy fix for that. No. But that's what it looks like. It looks like that. Oops. I don't trust the next guy to get a hit. I don't trust my third base coach. So now I'm charging through a stop sign and I'm pegged at the plate. And then poor Ty France is just slow. And I mean, like, you know, two outs, he's running on the contact and and he just gets thrown out. But by 10 feet, really, Ty? It's one thing to get thrown out at the plate, but it's not even a play. I mean, the guy's just standing there waiting for you. So it's a brutal, brutal way to kind of get that game going. But you know what? You were on their pitcher. You still managed to score three runs and take a lead, but it just felt like it was so deflating for them that they just kind of gave up. And then Cal Raleigh throws the ball in a center field, and then Kelnick does this, and then you know there was the bad cutoff play. The next thing you know, they don't have a chance in this game. The give-up factor strikes again. So I found myself thinking last night about Brock and how much he hates the phrase trying too hard. Then I tried to tweet about it and left an O off my two, which was very embarrassing. (laughs) I was obviously trying too hard myself. But he hates that. He hates that as an excuse. Oh, don't tell me you're trying too hard. Everybody's trying hard. He's right. It's an obnoxious phrase, and I totally understand why he says it. But I think in baseball, if you don't feel comfortable with the word trying too hard, you can absolutely feel comfortable with the word pressing. And I think that's what you see. When Tay Oscar gets thrown out of the plate, when Ty France gets thrown out of the plate, when Cal Raleigh throws the ball in a center field trying to make a play on a stolen base with a man on third, you can't do that. You don't have to get the guy out at second, but you have to make an accurate throw. That's the rule. But he gets overly aggressive. And then he compounds the problem in the next inning trying to make up for it by swinging at the first pitch and popping it up. Right When you're Jerry Kelnick and you're diving for a ball against the wall. When you're Ty France and you're maybe letting the ball go through because you're pressing to try to let it get to the plate rather than cutting it off and throwing it to second and nabbing the runner. All of those things come from pressing. All of those things are conditions of gripping the bat too tight. Whatever phrase you want to use. If you don't like trying too hard, I get it. But pressing, feeling the need to overcompensate, Right? It's like a guy in his 60s buying a convertible red sports car. You're trying to overcompensate for something, and, and that's what the Mariners look like right now. They're trying to overcompensate. Well, what do you know about the guy who buys that shiny red sports car in his 60s? What is he usually suffering from? No, lack of self-confidence. <laughs> He's got a problem with self-confidence, right? Why else do people go out and buy flashy red sports cars? They don't have enough self-confidence. You know what the Mariners' problem is, honestly? I don't think they truly believe in themselves. That is 100% armchair psychology. And if J.P. Crawford were sitting in here, he would probably tell me to my face that I was nuts. He's probably right. What does it look like from my perspective? It looks like a team that doesn't believe in itself. It looks like a team that doesn't have confidence. And obviously, it looks a whole lot worse after a terrible loss like yesterday. But you know what? you lose three out of five coming off the break in a a situation where you really had your back against the wall already and needed to come out firing. The pitchers would probably disagree. And I know those guys have all kinds of confidence, but do they have confidence in their hitters? I know they have confidence in themselves. Do they have confidence in their hitters? At this
1: point, if you got them to answer honestly, like
0: uh, how could they say yes? And it's frustrating It's frustrating because the the guys in this team are better hitters than they've shown. And when Eohaneo Suarez starts to heat up, which he's done now the last couple of games, you see how much better this offense is when he hits the ball out of the ballpark. But I mean, how many times do you see this team hit the ball to the warning track and you're like, oh, there's a not home run. Oh, there the, the other team can hit the ball out of the ballpark. It was
1: amazing this weekend how many of those balls were almost home runs. Isn't it crazy? And then Suarez is now hitting it with a little more authority. And I I put in my email last night because Ty France had just had that nice double too. when, like when those two are hitting, this looks like a different team because the offense was getting going at that point. But then those mistakes start and they stack up and they stack up.
0: And I think those mistakes stem from the issues that they've had leading up to today. I don't think those are just because you got bad baseball players. I don't think they have bad baseball players. I think that they stem from the need to be over aggressive and not having any confidence in yourself. Yeah, if I have to point at this year and kind of why are they where they're at? Yeah, I know everyone wants to focus on some of the things they didn't do this off season. I'm not saying that didn't play a role. I'm sure it did. Why are the Mariners not where they're supposed to be this year? I mean, four guys specifically who were here last year. Well, I guess three that were here last year haven't done what you expected them to do. Now I'll go four: Julio, France, Suarez, Cal Raleigh. That's before you dig into Tay Oscar. That's before you get into Colton Wong. Yeah, all right, they got those wrong. Certainly, Colton Wong they got wrong, and Tay Oscar's been kind of a mixed bag. Okay, like you're right. They got those wrong to some extent in the offseason. They didn't add another second baseman. They didn't add a DH. All those things are true. But if Julio Rodriguez, Cal Raleigh, Ty France, and Eugenio Suarez don't play up to their potential... I don't care who else you brought in. I mean, all those other guys would have had to been unbelievable to make up for the fact that four ninths of that's almost half of your starting lineup is not doing what you expected them to do this year and what they've done in the past. Hard to, hard to win with that, man. Really hard to win with it. And and then when everyone else sees that happen with their star in Julio, right, with their home run leader last year in Suarez, with their best all around hitter in Ty France. With the guy that broke the the streak and 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 Cal Raleigh? Well, do you think that helps their confidence? No. So if you ask me why they are having these problems, why they have that give up factor, etc., I would say it stems from kind of one thing leads to another. The little struggles led to the bigger struggles led to the bigger struggles, and now you are where you're at. And Scott keeps trying to push buttons. Right. There's a cut in here. I don't think I have time to play the whole thing, but he called on Gino Suarez and said, Hey, I need you to go be fun coming out of the, after the two losses out of the break. And he did. And they won the next two games. And it feels like Scott's been able to push these buttons throughout the year, you know, to help them, but it only helps for a little while because then it seems to just all swarm over them like a wave in the ocean. And the next thing you know, they're getting tossed around underneath because they just can't seem to keep their head above water long enough to get four or five games over 500. And so that's why Brock keeps saying, hey, you're a 500 team. Well, that's what they look like right now. A 500 team. Yeah, inconsistent. I mean, that's a lot of the give up factor. Today. Yep. I still think they've got more talent than that. I still think they should be better than that. But at some point, you certainly are where you are. And uh, we're sitting here on July 19th, 94 games into this season. Yeah, it's it's now or never, boys. It's now or never. Speaking of which, Maura, it's time for Ranked. Oh, boy. Got a list? Time to put it in order. Fred Dwarmfor's house. Top five, top five meals that I have ever had. This is Ranked. To be honest, the list was really biased. Brought to you by Carter Volkswagen. Every morning at 945 on Brock and Salk. Yeah, top 10 list. I'm not buying that. Ranked. All right, I almost had a great treat for you guys today, but unfortunately, I was not able to pull it off. I thought I was going to be able to get my dad, Larry Salk, and my daughter, Cecily Salk, in here together. To have a three generation salt ranked.
1: Oh my goodness.
0: My dad pulled the plug.
1: Cecily and your dad are good at ranking.
0: I know. They're both very good at it, but I think they felt like they needed a little bit more time to prepare. Yeah. We didn't come up with the idea until late yesterday, so unfortunately. Not everyone
1: can just create this magic on the fly like that's right. Justin can.
0: That's right. Justin and I have a special gift, <laughs> obviously. You should see my dad and Cecily together, by the way. What a trip. <laughs> There's a lot of bickering back and forth. Very entertaining. <laughs> Uh, so I took them uh, to the beach uh, over the weekend We went down to Seabrook, which was nice Really fun little community uh, It was nice down there Weather was freezing one day And then after that, it kind of burned off And it was great But we spent a few minutes and, and hours down Over at the Washington coast at the beach And uh, I thought I would rank The best things to do at the beach Things to do at the beach ranked Okay,
1: oh, this is not a word?
0: Nope it's not a word. But I did find some songs to go with it, like okay. this one. This is an honorable mention. Let's go fly
1: a kite up to the highest height. Let's go fly a kite. All
0: right, that's enough Mary Poppins for I was me. You
1: say you don't even like Julie Andrews or Mary Poppins. I
0: know. I do like Dick Van Dyke, though. Let's Don't yeah, get it okay. twisted. I love Dick Van Dyke. Um, <laughs> so I flew a kite this weekend. When's the last time you flew a kite?
1: Oof. I don't know. Do you think I'm not the, even sure if I ever actually really... I what's think I've what's been around say? when other people are flying them. I don't think I've done it.
0: Flying a kite, not that easy, right? It takes a lot of time to get it up and going, but I, I was able to finally get it done because Cecily really wa- really wanted us to. I think the, the reward versus effort on flying a kite is not high.
1: Isn't it kind of easy to get everything tangled
0: up? Yes, there's a lot of frustration. It's hard to get it up in the air and, and just... And the reward of seeing this thing Just like hanging out in the air above you Is not that great
1: Brady, you've flown a kite before?
0: I have, I think it was last time I think it was like nine And I was like it's Seaside, Oregon mm-hmm. On the beach down there Kind of the same type of thing Yeah It's okay it's, it, Some of them have more extravagant Like dual handles Yeah, this you can just make had one some tricks oh. But your your normal string it up diamond kite and- This was a, a hawk looking kite Looked like a hawk <laughs> attack at any moment.
1: Did I like the, make the emphasis on the K there. A hawk
0: hawk. Yeah. It's a hawk. Did you make it swoop down and get a fish? No, I couldn't do any of that. Maybe there's a me thing. Maybe but if I that- were better at flying a kite, I would have more of a reward. That's I an, an honorable you do mention.
1: tricks with kites like yo yo Yeah. I think you can, oh, wow.
0: yeah. Yo-yo better than kites, though. Another honorable mention. And so castles made of sand melts into the sea. This little Jimi Hendrix, Pride of Seattle. Making sandcastles. Honorable mention. Another thing where the reward is not great. You end up just getting so covered in sand yourself that you can never get it all off. (laughs) Sandcastles are overrated.
1: I used to go to uh, Puerto Vallarta every year for a while in my early 20s because I had some friends that their family had a timeshare out there and there was a guy that would come um, that was an artist and would do these massive sand sculptures that's cool and it was really impressive
0: but like the sand castles your kids make are generally pretty lame yeah Uh, another honorable mention would just be digging holes people love to just dig a hole at the (laughs) beach or bury themselves in the sand no thank you the dogs you were hanging out with? No, sometimes you see people out there they like a shovel and they're just going Like, oh, we're going to get to China <laughs> You're like, no You're just wasting your time and energy And then I will also put swimming on this list Dude, the ocean is not your territory. Oh, yeah. Man. The ocean is for the fish and the sharks and apparently the sea snakes, which Heather and Avery saw on their vacation, an actual sea snake in the ocean. Okay,
1: I'm out on that. But Thank if you. But it's warm water without sea snakes, I will play in the ocean all day.
0: All right. Well, just beware because that's their territory, not yours. <laughs> Those are my honorable mentions. I do have a top five list, though. Number five, things to do at the beach. I like... The beach in the, at like around Dusk when it starts getting late and it Kind of cools down a little bit Bonfire at the beach at like, or Campfire whatever you call it at, at like five, Six o'clock at night Maybe here a little bit later eight nine o'clock At night pretty awesome That's a good call. Yeah I really like that kind of like Throw on a sweatshirt or something That's a pretty and you know maybe the right Beverages for the occasion Yeah, yeah I like a bonfire at the beach That's number five Number four and for some reason it's only good at the beach Is that Kadima paddleball game Where like the two wooden rackets And the little rubber ball That doesn't go very off far when you hit it okay, yeah. And you just hit it back and forth And see how many times you can keep it in the air You would never do that anywhere else <laughs> But at the beach Fun for hours So I like that I'll throw you know, Throwing a ball around whether it's a football They all kind of go in the same category Throwing a tennis ball around.
1: You like beach volleyball?
0: Uh, you know what? I didn't think to put that on here. I should. Beach volleyball is good. It's an honorable mention. It's not in the top five. But I like beach volleyball. It's fun. It's exhausting.
1: It's fun. I just wish I was better at it. Yeah. Everyone always wanted me to play volleyball growing up because I'm tall. But Obvious I like, reasons. could not serve the ball. Every time I tried to um, hit it back, it would like hit me in the elbow and my veins would pop up. And I'm like, ah, or in the inside of your elbow. Like, seriously, I'm horrible at no. it.
0: Or more Uh, I
1: haven't tried it I guess Like out of After high school So maybe Maybe I can figure it out
0: seemed to work well For those guys in Top Gun Yeah They were pretty good at it For whatever reason
1: Rock's Uh, favorite
0: Yeah exactly Number three This is a little one If the bonfire Is something you do At the end of the day At the beach To me this is right When you get to the beach But it's awesome That moment When you walk out Onto the sand And take off your sandals For the first time And just start Like for the first time Your feet touch the sand a plus kind of moment, don't you think?
1: Yeah, on a warm beach with like that fine. Yeah, skin. yeah,
0: it's pretty awesome. Even on a cool beach where you're like, like here in the Washington coast, where it's not exactly like you know where it's rocks. It's not exactly well, <laughs> no, but where it's not not like Bermuda <laughs> or something. Like, I like that moment. You're like, okay, these sandals are coming off, bare feet in the sand. That's number three for me. Number two is related to that one. It's a little Aerosmith Covering somebody I think the Ronettes or somebody like that But that's Aerosmith Remember walking in the sand I like a good beach walk Just walk like a mile or two down the beach And walk back it's different from walking anywhere else because you got a bunch of different textures. You can do the, like, just into the water walk. You can do the wet sand that's kind of hard packed walk. You can get up to the dry sand that's harder to walk in. So
1: you're literally like, I'm Mike Sulk and I enjoy long walks on the beach.
0: I like a good long walk on the beach. <laughs> yeah. It's one of those cheesy things that's actually good. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's what I would say if I were on the, the dating game. <laughs> like no, long just- walks on the beach. <laughs>
1: We just got a text that one of the, I can't, it went away. I don't know what area code, but it said one of their favorite things to do at the beach is survive.
0: Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> Dude, there's any number of things that can kill you out in that ocean? Because number one for me and more I think this is for you as well. Just lie there. Oh, yeah. Just lie there in the sun and nap.
1: Sip a cocktail and get a tan. That's <laughs> exactly. my favorite on, exactly. on a warm beach. Yes.
0: Washington coast, less of that. So you have to kind of take some matters into your own hands. But there you go. That is uh, things to do at the beach ranked. How about that? All I right. Well, thank you. You did a real one. Huh? I did. Was that good? Did you like that one? Because that was for you. There was still some music. Sorry. Was the music appropriate enough? Oh, my God. Curtis Rogers is here. Wow. <laughs> He's back. He's returned. Wow. Bump and Stacy's gonna be going off today. I see Bump here already. I know Stacy's here, so stick around for those guys. Uh we will be back tomorrow morning. Jerry DePoto, of course, at 8.30 tomorrow morning. Until then the hay is in the barn. See you, everybody.
1: This is the job!